Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell. This is George Ellick. We're going to be making betting picks ahead of a full slate of EFL action. Uh, this show is therefore for over 18s only and we ask that everyone listening be gamble aware. Make sure you understand the risks that come with gambling. Never bet more than you can afford to lose and also never chase your losses. Hello George. Hello Ali. The first proper betting show of the season after last week's yes. Vanity Post Bonanza. Yeah, and we've got a change of format. Mm. We've listened to you, the listeners, and we have decided that we're going to scrap a couple of bits and we're going to redo the way that we do the betting show. So the nap and the MB will stay exactly the same. Obviously, the nap being the best bet, the thing we think is the best value of the whole weekend. The next best exactly what it says on the tin the next best then we're gonna we're gonna move the goal scorer up to third previously propping up the end of the show it's popular so people want it a bit earlier then we are bringing back the long shot the long shot yeah bringing back the long shot so a bet that is kind of four to one or bigger over the course of the weekend can be any market that we want really so you know if you're napping your mb or two teams to win a game but you like someone to win a game at like 10 to one yes please and you can have a long shot there it could be a goal scorer it could be a goals bet whatever you like and then an exciting new collaborative pick. Yeah, and a BTTS six-fold. So three BTTS picks each. This didn't get off to the best start last week, but especially with the change in the rules, this feels like a quite a good time to introduce this with more injury time being played. And the thing, you know, I'm not personally a big acker punter, but, you know, often with accumulators, it's a really fun way to enjoy a Saturday afternoon's football. And the great thing with BTTS is that it's never really down. You know, it's never done because you're after two teams scoring. Uh, so unlike if you have an accumulator and one of the teams you put in is 2-0 down and down to 10 men after 15 minutes and you are you know you know your, your fate then and there. With BTTS, even if one of the teams is 5-0 up, you know, you made that consolation late on could still get you in. So we're going to look to give three BTTS picks each to combine into a six-fold acker. In terms of a staking plan for George and I and the structure we impose on ourselves each week on the pod, the nap is a two-point play and all of the other picks are one-point plays. So you can sort of adapt that to your own staking plan if you're following us in, but we do ask you to apply your own thinking and your own research, of course, as well. Uh, George and I just chatting through our bets ahead of the weekend. Last week, we did a couple of opening weekend picks. Both of our naps won, so that was a good start. Peterborough United won at Reading for me and Watford thumping QPR for George 1-0 up in the first minute um, that'll probably be your simplest winner of the season probably 1-0 up in the first minute 4-0 up at half time a high bar to, to get over uh, the next bests both lost Oxford and Bradford did not do the business for us and as George said the BTTS sixfold uh, was off to a poor start so hopefully we can improve on that this week uh, what is your nap George what's your best bet across the whole of the EFL this weekend my nap is uh, Doncaster to beat Newport County at 5-2 to two. Um, is my best bet of the whole weekend. Now, it's quite a big price, but I think this is the time of year to kind of go for these ones because um, the you know the, the the true price and the price we're getting can have the most discrepancy. Uh, I think it's quite hard later on in the season to make a case for a five to two shot for being noticeably shorter. But I'm I'm kind of amazed to see Doncaster as such a, a massive price when you consider Grant McCann was appointed in the summer a manager who has taken Doncaster out of League Two before via the playoffs, a manager who has won the champion sorry, the, the League One title with Hull, who was sacked from Hull when performing pretty well in the championship. It, you know, I know he didn't do a great job, he didn't do a bad job necessarily, but didn't do a great job at Posh last season, but it does feel 
like McCann wouldn't be at Doncaster. He wouldn't be in League Two unless it was Doncaster. You know, he's got history there. He's gone back to Murray where he's had good times before. And yes, they um, had a disappointing defeat on opening day against Harrogate. But I don't think there was that much to be concerned about in their performance that day. Um, they were the better side in my mind. Basically, throughout the game, Harrogate scored from a pretty dubious penalty that was awarded um, against them. So, yeah, in my mind, it, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a, a fair result. Um, Harrogate last ditch defending also helped their cause. So, um, I, yeah, I would say that Doncaster's performance was better than the the bare result. They come up against the Newport County side, who are now third favourites for relegation out of the EFL. Newport were beaten 3-0 on opening day against Accrington. They were better than the scoreline suggests, for sure. They missed some chances. Um, but even so, it was a, a pretty poor start. And they're a side that we were worried about in our one twenty fours as well. You know, their whole back four from last season gone, having to replace them with new players. I'm, I'm The jury is still out for me with, with Graham Coughlin. I know he did well when he came in last season, but I still just have a inkling um, that, you know, this his tenure at Newport County won't necessarily be a successful one. And it just seems wild to me that you've got a side in Doncaster who were perceived as basically being one of the fancy teams in League Two this season. Not quite up the, the centre of Wrexham, Stockport, Notts County, but certainly that group beneath them, up against a Newport side who were fancied for relegation. Both have been beaten on opening day. Doncaster put in a far better performance. And yet they're the rank outsiders for this game. Um, Doncaster also went to Hull, and uh, beat them in midweek in the Carabao Cup, which will give them massive confidence having bounced back from the opening day defeat. Um, I can't really work out why the price is is the price that it is. Um, I yeah, I I can't really see why that's justified. Uh, and as such, I think five to two is a a cracking bet. Newport, to be fair to them, because I'm sure their fans listening will want me to point it out, did beat Charlton three one on in in midweek as well, which is a cracking result. But even so. I think these two should be far closer together in terms of the prices. So, uh, yeah, Donny and my, and my nap. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm backing Millwall as my nap, my best bet of the EFL weekend uh, to beat Bristol City at home. Price with the Betfair Sportsbook is 1.87. Uh, no, it's not. It's actually gone up as we started recording yes. to uh, 1.91, George. Uh, 10 to 11, Millwall. And I, I guess the drift from overnight, George, is because Bristol City thumped your beloved Oxford United 5-1 in the Carabao Cup last night. For the purposes of, of my punting on the league games, those cup matches... They're of interest. I like to see what happened. I like to see who played. But I think anyone who watched a Carabao Cup first round game in the last 48 hours and also watched any league fixture from last weekend will will have seen with their own eyes that the it's just, it's a different type of game. Like, A, I really don't believe teams take it nearly as seriously. B, once the first goal is scored, quite often things get incredibly lively indeed. Uh, C, there's the threat of a penalty shootout as the match ticks towards 90 minutes. I think that impacts the way that teams approach things. So I really don't put too much importance on the results necessarily. Therefore, if Bristol City's big win is helping us get a better price about Millwall this weekend, I'm delighted. Because City in the league last weekend, a bit of a red flag for me. Uh, Preston at home. A one-all draw. They conceded late, uh, having gone ahead through talented youngster and, and looks like a good young goal scorer in Sam Bell. 
They only had five shots in total against Preston uh, last Saturday in a home game, one that they were favoured to win. Bit of a red flag, that, for me. I think three of their shots were from set-piece situations as well. So a team that generally we think of as quite a good attacking team, generally Bristol City, weren't able to create much against a, a Preston side who are, in fairness, and pretty well drilled out of possession. They're quite physical, they're, they're good in the press, and they pack the central areas. Well, all of that applies to Millwall, except they're better at Preston better than Preston at all of those things. Um, and that's why I really like them to, A, frustrate Bristol City uh, in terms of, again, maybe being able to keep them at bay like uh, Preston did for the most part. Um, but also, I basically see Bristol City as having been flagged up as a bit of a dark horse, a bit of a big riser maybe from last season. And while I kind of see the logic in it, I think it's because people underrate teams like Millwall, who have yeah. been in that like eighth to tenth range now for three years or so, who in my eyes get a little bit stronger each year. And I think they've done that again this summer. If you look at the signings that they made, they all went straight into the starting lineup. That's the goalkeeper, um, Sarkic, Joe Bryan, Casper Denore, and Kevin Nisbet. And Millwall are able to do this because they've been in good shape over the last few years. They can really hone in on a couple of players that they can they, they know will improve a, a specific place in their starting eleven. That's what they've been able to do. I'm really high on Millwall this season. And the one no win at Borough on opening weekend did nothing to stop me from being pretty positive on them. I think they get about as much home advantage as any team in the EFL playing at the Den. They've won 49% of their home games in the last three seasons. Very, very strong record. And um, their attacking threats improved in the last 12 months as well, with Fleming, uh, of course, having joined last summer. Bradshaw had a good season, and now Nisbet, I think, can offer plenty. Then there's set-piece dominance. Millwall set-piece goal difference last season, plus 11. Bristol City's minus 6. I think they're a stronger team in basically every area, and I like them to win at home uh, this weekend at 10 to 11 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That's Millwall to beat Bristol City. Next up. Next up for me, another big price fancy, 7-2 about Argyle to go to Watford and win. Um, yeah, I think the Watford QPR game has to offer us some angles and places here because uh, even though Watford um, were mightily impressive on the day, you know, they went 1-0 up after a minute, they were 4-0 up at half-time, they coasted to victory. I just cannot get away from the idea there's a chance that QPR might literally be operating as like a League Two side at the moment. And I'm happy to kind of just take the plunge that that is the case at some big prices and see if we can capitalise on it. You know, they were beaten 5-0, you know, pre-season friendlies don't matter. I don't know, you can read too much into them, but they were beaten 5-0 by an Oxford side in pre-season who then started the, have started the campaign with a 7-1 aggregate defeat over in their first two games. Like, there is a precedence here, the fact that QPR could just be an incredibly easy team to beat and beat well. And if that's the case, then you've got to look to be getting away from Watford. It helps that, you know, they went to Stevenage in midweek and they played a really strong side and they drew one all and they were beaten on penalties. Like, that serves to me as, as at least a, you know, a glimmer of hope that maybe what we saw on Saturday wasn't, I mean, hope's probably the wrong word, a bit of insight, I guess, maybe what we saw on Saturday wasn't the real Watford and we're going to see them regress back to kind of where we had them as a, as a mid-table championship side. And there's just no question that Plymouth Argyle will give them a far bigger game, better game than, than QPR did. Uh, Argyle come here off the back of a 3-1 win over Huddersfield, which was very end-to-end -end, as most Argyle games are. Um, I don't see why the, why this would be any different. 
uh, in players, you know, they're playing Barley Mumba at wide left who scored a ridiculous goal on the opening day. Morgan Whitaker as well. They just have so many attacking players who are given freedom to play. That I think this game will probably just descend into chaos. You know, the, the Watford game against QPR was just so one-sided. Watford really just keeping the ball and coasting to victory in a way that you don't anticipate an Ishmael team will do. Argyle will not let them do that. They'll press. They'll look to get forward whenever possible. They'll be direct on the ball, uh, not necessarily direct in terms of, of direct passing, but they'll just look to, to get forward at every opportunity whenever possible. And I think in a game where we could see a few goals, it kind of plays into Argyle's hands. So I, I'm willing to, to take a chance that that's false form um, that we've seen uh, from Watford and that they could come unstuck here against uh, an upwardly mobile Argyle team. And seven or two seems a fair price to do so. So many years of doing this pod with you and I've come to love so many of your phrases. But I think false form might be A, a new one and B, <laughs> straight into number one in the charts for me as Thank one you of your favourite ever uh, betting show phrases. L- like a false front in golf. <laughs> like a false front, a false position we've heard over a thousand times. False form is exciting. Uh, I'm going to go and back a team that have what I consider to be true form. uh, And that's Gillingham uh, in League Two. They are even money to beat Accrington at home this weekend. I love that for my next best. Um, I say true form. That's a 1-0 win away at Stockport where, of course, they didn't have the majority of the territory or the majority of the shots in that game. What they did do was plan and execute a plan incredibly well to play Stockport away, hanging in the game for as long as they could by defending their box excellently. OG on debut was a particularly standout, um, making it difficult for Stockport to create good quality chances uh, and then nicking a goal from a set piece. It was the, the perfect opening day, really, for Gillingham. And they backed it up with a win against Russell Martin Southampton in midweek at Priestfield, which was absolutely rocking. Similarly, they were able to put together a really good out-of-possession plan, understanding that Southampton were going to have all of the ball, not worried about that, but making sure that as soon as they won it back, they sprung into action. They created enough chances and took them to score three goals and concede just one. It was highly, highly impressive. And I just think now Neil Harris has a team that he's built, is an excellent manager, a very, very strong motivator when he has the players that that sort of buy into it. And it's, well, all evidence is that they are fully bought in right now. The defence in the midfield in particular looks so strong um, and I'm feeling very, very good about Jills. I also quite like early on in the season backing teams that aren't particularly bothered about possession and pretty patterns. You know, I think that sort of stuff often takes a few weeks to really warm up, particularly with new signings and summer transfers. Uh, whereas a team like Gillingham, dare I say at Millwall as well, who are more interested in team shape, out of possession, and probably more interested in either counter-attacking or just direct attacking where the patterns are, you know, need to be a little less precise. I quite like those teams at the start of the season. Um, and and that, that's why I like Jills. Accrington, we're still getting to know really. Um, now they're back at League Two level. They won their first game 3-0 against Newport but if you've either watched the highlights or dug into the underlying numbers you know that Newport created plenty against an Aki team that have been pretty wobbly defensively for a few years now Uh, at League One level they lost 26 of their 46 away games over the last two seasons so they lost 57% of their away games and until I see them look a lot more comfortable on their travels I'm still happy to get against them so uh, Gillingham for me at home to an Accrington side who I just don't think are are as strong as Jills at this level right now I'm very very happy to have Jills with Tom Nichols Johnny Williams George Lapsley in the team you know I've talked about their defensive quality but they've they've got clear goal threat as well so uh, Jills to win even money with the Betfair Sportsbook is my next best. Betfair's new 90-minute payout 
offer means that if you back a team that are winning on 90 minutes or as the clock hits 90 minutes, your bet will be paid out no matter what happens in added time. So good example from last weekend would have been if you'd backed Cardiff to win against Leeds at Ellen Road on Sunday, you'd have been paid out if you'd backed them on the 90-minute payout market because they were leading when the clock hit 90. Now, of course, some have equalised for Leeds, which meant that you know the, the correct result was a draw. Mm. And if you'd bet on the draw, you'd have been paid out for the draw as well, right? But if you'd backed Cardiff, you would have been paid out despite the fact they didn't win the game. So, uh, it, you know, don't worry. If you back a team on the 90-minute market and they win in injury time, that's also a winner. Um, so this is the new match odds 90 market the Betfair are offering. It should be very easy to see if you go on the Betfair Sportsbook on your app or on uh, on a computer. The match odds 90 market, any markets with the 90 icon, you, you can't miss it really. And you can build Ackers with match odds 90 markets as well so you could benefit from this uh, in an acker too make sure you read the t's and c's on site understand what the offer is exactly that's the match odds 90 by betfair this season uh, george can you pick a goal scorer for me i can thank you another big price oh 13 to 1 uh, i'm off to the pirelli and i'm backing craig for Scythe to get off no, to double his tally yeah <laughs> there you go for the season having scored um in the defeat against wigan this is interesting because you know Forsyth is a 34-year-old left-sided defender who's you know played a bit of football at left wing back, a bit of football at left-sided centre back. Um, playing left wing back now for Paul Warren. Derby's game plan against Wigan was seemingly just to get the ball to Joe Ward on the right-hand side and let Ward whip in crosses. And that was basically consistent. I don't have the exact number to hand, but it was a ridiculous amount of crosses they put in the game. And that meant that Craig Forsyth, being the wing-back on the other side, was getting on the end of a lot of these balls. Now, Forsyth did score, and yeah, maybe I'm asking for Lightning to strike twice, but it's not him scoring the goal that makes me select him at this price. It's the amount of times he got into goal-scoring positions. Now, this was a game where Derby didn't create a whole host of chances, but he still had four shots in the game. As per Opta Analyst, his XG for the game was 0.55. The goal that he scored was actually the third highest XG chance. He had two shots inside the six-yard box, both of which were saved by Tickle. Um, one of which was kind of a weird one where it looked like he was trying to um, almost play it back into the six-yard box and Tickle caught it. But even so, he was him getting on the end of the box, end of the ball at the, the back post. It just feels to me like he is... If they continue to, to to set up and play the way they are at the moment, there's no way he's a 13-1 to 1 chance to be getting into those positions again uh, and the good goal-scoring positions too. It was a great finish for the goal. like a, I think it was a half volley or even it was a, a dipping ball that he hit in the, the near post. Um, so this is just a classic case in my mind of a guy who is being priced up to score any time based on historical data. You know, He's only scored eight goals in 259 games when there is clear evidence to suggest that the way that Derby going to look to play this season means that he's going to get into better goal scoring positions. So he's 25 to 1 to score first, which I think is fair value as well. Um, but 13 to 1 for Scythe to, you know, if, if he's getting into goal scoring positions as regularly as he was last week, then that price will not last very long. That's exactly what I'm after uh, on the second weekend of the season. Nicely uh, found. I'm going Sammy Smodix to score anytime for Blackburn. Uh, his price with the Betfair Sportsbook is 4.2. So uh, a little nicer than three to one here, which I'm really pleased about. There was quite a long list of goal scorers because the long list. One of our fa- one of our favourite things to do is to um, is to go through opening weekend and and 
check out players like Craig Forsyth that we think are maybe getting into goal scoring positions that uh, that maybe others won't have realised. And I think Smodix, albeit he is known as a goal scoring number 10, I think it applies to him as well. I was, will I go as far as to say blown away? Yes. yes. I've been blown away by the attacking play of Blackburn Rovers on opening day against West Brom. They scored two goals in two minutes in the first half. And then in midweek in their Carabao Cup game as well. The, the way that, that Thomason has them playing now, much more so than this time last year or in the first half of last season, I think is absolutely brilliant. Uh, the way that they are attacking, particularly on the break, as soon as they win the ball back with speed and quality in the final third, I think is really exciting. Uh, in the game against West Brom, it's basically like a bit of a front four in possession and Smodix is very much a part of that. Uh, Harry Leonard started and scored, the youngster, um, but if you look at the average touch positions uh, of Blackburn's front players, Smodix and Leonard average touches were basically next to each other. So Smodix, in my eyes, is playing almost as advanced as Leonard. Uh, then you've got Dolan on the left and Mark and Day on the right. Uh, could be Hedges this weekend. Smodix has always been a good goal scorer. He's had three previous seasons between 12 and 15 goals, two for Colu and one for Peterborough at lower levels. But he seems to have really found himself as a championship player now. And, and, and clearly, Thomason loves him in that role. He's essentially, his emergence has led to Bradley Dack being released because I think Thomason sees Smodix as more of a sure thing in terms of a, a player who can work hard out of possession in that role and contribute to a lot of uh, counter-attacking and get on the end of chances and finish them. So um, they're playing against a Rotherham team that shipped four on opening weekend against Stoke City. We've definitely got some question marks about Rotherham defensively. uh, And I I like Blackburn, if they are attacking as well as I think they are, to create quite a few chances, again, uh, even as the away team. And if they do, I think Smodix is a really, really good finisher. So, you know, it was a case of looking at Dolan, looking at Leonard... Smodic's the longest price of those three. I think he's probably the best finisher of the lot. Um, and so I'm really happy to be on him at 4.2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, George, I'm excited for the first long <coughs> shot pick of the season. It's a good time to mention the long shot, yeah. which is something different entirely. Yeah, it's a, a new betting newsletter that we've launched uh, at NTT20. If you go to ntt20.com, you can find it. There's a little subheading called The Long Shot. It's 20 quid uh, a month, um, and there is a tip posted every week, uh, normally by myself, but we have employed the betting expert and professional punter Nick Goff, who obviously has a great reputation around betting circles for being very sharp. Um, he has been on the pod a couple of times. So if you want to listen back to, to Goffy um, in the past and see what if you like him, if you go back to November mm. last year, um, he was on the betting show on this show um, whilst I was busy getting to grips with having a baby and you were on your honeymoon. Um, <laughs> it's kind of about uh, something that we don't touch a huge amount week to week on the betting show. It's about building a long-term portfolio in terms of like season-long bets. Yeah, so this is very important. There's all the stuff that normally goes on the betting show is still free and there's, there's no crossover at all. It's one tip per week on a season-long bet. So bets that will settle at some point probably in May. Um, so relegation markets, top six markets, whatever else. Um, we've done two already. Week one was uh, a tip from each of us, one from me, one from Goffey, one from Ali. We had a top goal scorer in League Two tip up there. We had a top half treble. We had geographical betting from Goffey. Um, a tip went out early this week as well. A team who doubled in price for relegation that I am pretty confident is premature. In that sense, the price is still there as well. So if this sounds up your street, do go and check it out now. Uh, 20 quid a month, so basically the price of a pint a week. Um, Goffey doing one of those columns per month. So his will be out towards the end of August. I'll be back on duty on Monday. Um, Feedback so far has been really good. We've had loads of signups. 
yeah, no pressure whatsoever um, to, to people to, to sign up. It's for those who, you know, like to build an antipost portfolio. Hopefully the insight uh, that is in there, it's not just a tip, there's a big write-up as well, should be valuable, uh, even if you don't follow in the tips uh, week by week. Um, but yeah, as ever, it's important to us that people are gambling responsibly and, you know, are in, in full um, control over their staking plans and the rest of it. So there's a staking plan up there and, and any questions, just let us know. It's important to me that you don't bring up the word pint in the betting show when we've still got around three <laughs> hours of work to do before we can get into that situation um yeah that's the long shot by not the top 20 which you can find on substack go to ntt20.com uh, and hope that you like what you see uh, what is your long shot pick for the weekend yeah i've already touched on the thinking behind it um it's a, a bet builder if you will um with a bet fair sports book in the cardiff against uh qpr game it is cardiff minus two and btts no so basically what I'm backing here is Cardiff 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0, 8-0, up, up to whatever you want. Um, and the reason is, as I say, I'm, I just I need to take a chance here that QPR might be really bad. Um, Cardiff themselves aren't necessarily a team that I'm wild to get with, but I think that offers an opportunity here because if QPR were travelling to one of the fancy teams in the division, they'd be very, very short. Um, Cardiff have added some attacking options to their team this season. We saw them take a two-goal lead uh, against Leeds. So, you know, the signs on opening day were okay, even if they had to face up to a bit of an onslaught in the second half. QPR 4-0 losers on opening day in the first half. Um, pre-season didn't go to plan either. They look completely toothless up front. Their defensive shape is poor. They have very little depth in the team either. It's hard to really make a case as to why Gareth Ainsworth should be able to, I think, turn this squad into a team who are much better than it is. Um, yes, they've got Ilias Chair, but he's woefully out of form. Willick was out of form for the most of last season, hasn't showed anything else recently. It's it's a desperate situation. And given how difficult things are there, I think if Cardiff do get an early lead, um, heads may drop and, and things might get ugly. So at 10.7 mm. uh, to one, so 11.7 death decimal, um, yeah, if you go to the Bet Builder tab on the Betfair Sportsbook and put in Cardiff minus two on alternative handicaps and BTTS no, that is my um, long shot. Yeah, I like the long shot already. It's really good to be back. Uh, mine is at a price of 27.5 with the Betfair Sportsbook and it's two away teams, two real flavour of the month teams for me right now that I'm banking on to win and under 2.5 goals to land in their matches. So I'm essentially banking on clean sheets from two teams that I look very sol- that I think look very solid out of possession right now. And both of them, I think, have the firepower to nick a goal or two, but I don't expect them to run riot. So it's essentially the, the 1-0 two-line scorelines on my side here. The first one is Blackpool. Uh, they're away at Exeter and I've picked Blackpool in under 2.5 goals. The price is 4-1. to one. Uh, They've played two fixtures so far this season. They've won both of them 2-0. Uh, the first one against Burton was a classic 2-0 game. They kept Burton at arm's length for the whole game. Uh, they scored two good goals through Shane Lavery um, and they were barely troubled, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Exeter, of course, their opponents this weekend did score three and won 3-0 against Wickham. Um, I think... While we're still waiting to see whether that was Wickham being really bad or Exeter being really good, I'm still, having watched the goals back, keener to lean towards Wickham's defending being shambolic, and I don't think Blackpool will give them those sorts of gifts. Mm. Uh, They also won at Derby 2-0 in the Cup in midweek. Beasley at the double. So two strikers who've scored braces already in two fixtures this season, Blackpool and under 2.5 goals. Uh, against Exeter, that's 4-1. to one. And then Sutton and under 2.5 goals at Barrow. That's um, 
nine to two, five point five with the Betfair Sportsbook. So the double price twenty seven point five. I was at Sutton five, Knotts one. I don't think this is an overreaction to that, um, particularly as as Knotts did go down to ten men after fifteen minutes. But they've got a massive set piece threat with Show Me and with Harry Smith. I, I feel think- like I've said you said I've, I've heard you talk about Show Me more than any other player ever in the pod. That's because I was mightily impressed with his debut. Great. I'm I'm just quite a big fan of six foot did seven centre backs. Did that he also... show you something you like? <laughs> yeah, really nice. Um, that that show me a bit of confidence on the ball as well. Um, absolutely loved that. Um, they were brilliant, and I, you know, with Coley and Patrick down the flanks with Smith and Ka- Smith and Cashcat. Smith <laughs> and Cashcat. Smith and Cashcat up front. And that set-piece threat, I mean, I can see them troubling Barrow here. And out of possession, I think they looked very, very solid in that 4-4-2 shape. Um, they have looked a little bit little bit vulnerable to the ball over the top in their two games so far. Um, so that would be a concern. But Barrow's first game in the league scored a scrappy set-piece goal and a worldie. Not stuff that I looked at and thought, yes, they, they're looking cracking Nick going forward. So uh, 27.5 the price, and it's Blackpool and under 2.5 goals, and Sutton and under 2.5 goals. What a nice start to the season that would be. Uh, you can build an EFL Acker this weekend with Betfair and get one completely free. A free Acker on football Fracker. every weekend in August with Betfair. Claim the free bet via the promotions page. That's the first step. Then build a a multiple or a bet builder and the free bet will be there in in your bet slip. So T's and C's do apply. The free bet varies from £1 to £2 uh, dependent on the customer. Uh, Make sure you read the the T's and C's for all the details. Um, But yeah, a free acker on football every weekend in August on the Betfair Sportsbook. Speaking of ackers, George... Let's do better with our BTTS. Okay. Yes, sixfold. Uh, how have you approached it this weekend? Just look for games where I think both teams are going to score. Oh my God. <laughs> how did I not think of that? Uh, I'll run through my three. Yeah. Um, first one, a game I've already covered, where Bat Plymouth, Argyle, Watford Plymouth is 20 to 23. I just think, as I said, the game will descend into chaos. And I think Watford, so Plymouth game is always good for, for, for BTTS, given the way that they, it's actually four to five, given the way that they approach games. Um, we know that they're going to take the game to, to Watford. Watford scoring four on opening day suggests that they've kind of found some kind of attacking verb, even if I do have uh, doubts about the opposition. Um, next up is Birmingham against Leeds. This is a bit shorter, 13 to 20. Um, Leeds on opening day, Drawing to all, I think we saw some really good attacking stuff and some pretty shambolic defensive stuff. Um, Liam Cooper being out is a is a blow. I think Joe Rodon's going to sign if he hasn't already by the time this goes out. But whether or not he's ready for, for Saturday, we're not entirely sure. Um, also, defensive um, issues with someone else was out, was out injured. I can't remember who it was. You know, Max Aaron was meant to come in um, and hasn't. It's just not really falling for Leeds at the moment um, and even though they're such you know Nonto missed the game in midweek they should still have loads of attacking talent in Sinistiera and and Somerville as we saw like it shouldn't be a massive issue um, up against the Birmingham side who um, both scored and conceded on opening day who again have loads of attacking talent it's Ricky Dembele showing what he's all about on on opening on, on their, their first game so again it should be fairly end to end I think most Leeds games will be I think most Daniel Farker games will be and I can't really see Birmingham sit, sitting in and, and letting Leeds play in the same way that Cardiff did even though that game yielded four goals um, and my fourth and final one is Gillingham against Accrington this is Lots mainly against. yeah I mean Love this that. is um Goes against the grain a bit. And I can see why... Goes against my next best a bit. 21 to 20, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Gillingham under under Neil Harris are generally very solid. Um, this is more about Accrington, who on opening day their game best resembled a, a, a basketball match really against Newport, with both teams creating loads of chances. Accrington's approach seemed to be again just creating chaos, throwing men forward with it with a fairly experienced bat line. Um, I think Gillingham are, are definitely value to win it, and I agree with you for that. Um, but in terms of the game, the way it's going to go itself, if Gillingham do get ahead, I don't think we're going to see Accrington just kind of roll over for them. Um, I think there should be, yeah, I think the odds don't necessarily reflect that they're based more in terms of the outlook of the home side and the favourites rather than the the team who are travelling to the to the game. And I'm going Southampton and Norwich, uh, 1.75, 3-4, the BTTS prize. Uh, Southampton scored two uh, on opening night against Sheffield Wednesday. They are clearly going to have a lot of territory uh, and therefore, I would hope, quite a lot of efforts on goal. I'd want them to be getting inside the box a little bit more and having better opportunities. But with the individual quality that they have in Teller and Armstrong and Alcaraz and Adozi, you, you've got to be pretty confident that they should be scoring in their home games. But I think Norwich showed quite a lot on, on opening weekend themselves going forward. Um, they particularly looked very dangerous from set pieces. And I think that's a weakness for Southampton. So Norwich and Southampton BTTS, yes for me. Uh, also Bristol Rovers and Barnsley. Uh, this is a kind of a stylistic thing. I'm always looking for gung-ho home teams who aren't particularly good defensively and I think probably Bristol Rovers tick that box more than anyone else in the EFL Barton sets them up to attack um, and that does leave them open at the back and and Barnsley are a very interesting opponent for that because um, well as we saw last weekend they can attack and break at speed they've got some serious counter-attacking threat I really like BTTS in Bristol Rovers against Barnsley Uh, and last but not least Newport against Doncaster um, I think Newport, despite drawing a blank at Aki, created plenty. They've got a striker called Seb Palmer Holden on loan from Bristol City, who's definitely caught my eye, thinks looks looks really interesting, scored in midweek in the Cup. Um, and I think that uh, they can, uh, particularly back at home, go, uh, you know, do a little bit better than they did at Aki last week. Um, but I'm very concerned about Newport at the back at the moment. They look really light on numbers. Uh, and so I like Donny to notch as well. That's at 1.8. So the sixfold is just a, a shade above 32 to 1, 33.13 if you build it on the Betfair Sportsbook. BTTS, yes, in Birmingham, Leeds, Watford, Plymouth, Southampton, Norwich, then in League One, Bristol Rovers and Barnsley, and two in League Two, Jills, Accrington, Newport, Doncaster. Come on, please. A lot of people would think Goals. these are generally going to be between sort of 30, 35 to 1, get two across the season and will be in clover i'm targeting genuinely targeting three or four okay that's the btts sixfold let's know what you think it's been a real treat to be back doing what we love doing and that is talking through our picks ahead of an efl throbbing docket with you on the ntt20 betting show sponsored by betfair thank you so much for their support a quick recap of our selections i'm backing millwall at 10 to 11 at home to bristol city as my nap and jills at even money at home to aki my next best my goal scorer is sammy smodix of blackburn rovers 4.2 with the betfair sportsbook my long shot blackpool and under 2.5 goals at exeter sutton and under 2.5 goals at barrow 27.5 27.5 the price the double and the BTTS Acker was uh, as discussed Southampton uh, Norwich Watford Plymouth Birmingham Leeds and then Bristol Rovers Barnsley Gillingham Accrington and Newport Donny what about you George my nap was Doncaster at 5-2 at Newport next best Plymouth Argyle at 7-2 at uh, Watford 
Craig Forsyth anytime for Derby at Burton at 13 to 1 as my goal scorer. Cardiff minus 2 and BTTS no. So basically Cardiff minus 2 uh, and to nil at uh, 11.7 decimal. So just shy of 11 to 1 is my long shot. And then my three BTTS, the Watford Plymouth Argyle game. Uh, we, we've been going through the ACC already, but the Watford Plymouth Argyle game. Um, the uh, Leeds uh, travelling to Birmingham. And finally, Gillingham hosting Accrington Stanley. Thank you for getting on board with us for another season. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Betfair. Enjoy the weekend and go well.